Welcome to Reinventing Professionals, a podcast hosted by industry analyst Ari Kaplan, which shares ideas, guidance, and perspectives from market leaders shaping the next generation of legal and professional services. This is Ari Kaplan, and I'm speaking today with Josh Haas, the e-discovery and structured data solution leader at Charles River Associates. Hi, Josh. How are you? Hey, Ari. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. So tell us about your background and your role at Charles River Associates. I've been with CRA now for uh, just about two years. I started my career off at Deckert where I was an attorney. And like most e-discovery professionals, I kind of fell into a role where I was a young technologist in a room of attorneys. And we had a large matter that required e-discovery procedures. And I was able to pick it up. I enjoyed it. And now, uh, 15 years later, I'm an e-discovery professional still and enjoying my time at CRA, where I work with a number of professionals globally and domestically on various information governance, cybersecurity, and uh, litigation matters where there are large volumes of electronically stored information. We just passed the first anniversary of the GDPR implementation date. And I know that you've spoken a lot about this shift. How has that regulation changed the way organizations approach privacy and information governance? So for the first time in my career, we're seeing an acceptance of being proactive. As a career consultant, I've seen where we go into organizations, we obviously pitch on being proactive and moving away from being reactive. And normally the corporate audience isn't very receptive. With the introduction of GDPR and eventually the California Consumer Privacy Act, the CCPA, we're now seeing our clients and corporate organizations becoming very interested in how they can proactively get their house in order, what they should be doing with their data, whether it be internal employee data, whether it be consumer data, how they should be disposing data. And it's really a major shift in how these organizations are doing business. Because as you can imagine, even a smaller organization has a large volume of data. So this has been a major lift for many of our clients. And it's a daily ask. It's been very interesting At CRA, I've actually taken over our information governance group, and we're starting to onboard professionals basically all over the country to help with these requests. Given how important it is to be proactive, what challenges are you seeing in achieving compliance with GDPR and similar rules? The main challenge is, what is compliance? What do you need to be compliant? With the GDPR, where it's difficult is, it's several hundred pages. And there are a number of gray areas. And that's really the number one question we get from a client. They'll go through it with their privacy officer. They have external privacy counsel. And they'll say, okay, we're going to do our best to comply. But there's so many gray areas in places where you have to make your best judgment call. And we've seen instances already where fines have been issued where a firm made an attempt to be compliant, but fell short of what that EU regulator was thinking as far as what's compliant under the GDPR. A lot of professionals in this space are hoping that as the GDPR matures, more time passes that some of these gray areas are cleared up so that 
a client knows black and white what they need to do to be compliant. In my research, I have found that many companies who are not directly affected by GDPR are still making changes in anticipation of state-specific requirements, such as the California Consumer Privacy Act, which you mentioned. How do Mm -hmm. the European restrictions compare to the various U.S. initiatives? The U.S. initiatives are pulling aspects they like from GDPR. I would say that the GDPR is more aggressive, has a much broader reach as far as scope. When you look at really the only initiative in place right now that's going into effect, I believe January 1st, 2020, is the CCPA. And they've borrowed sections from the GDPR, but I think the best way to say is it's great that there's an attempt. The scope and what really is being held accountable to these organizations, it's a pretty low threshold. It's not as burdensome as the GDPR that has extraordinary fines and If you find yourself operating in the EU, this is a major lift to get your house in order. I would say in the US, if you find yourself in California and you have to fall within the CCPA, it's more of a reduced risk, reduced lift. Compliance is much easier. When we compare these regulations, there's usually a handful of questions that you have to step through regarding who's regulated, who's protected, what info is protected, what rights do the consumers have. And I would say across the board, the burden is either similar or significantly less in the U.S. initiatives compared to GDPR. So I think everyone likes the fact that the U.S. is now turning an eye toward data privacy. Definitely, this was in reaction to GDPR. And it'll be very interesting to see what the next few years show as far as what regulations go into effect and whether we end up getting some type of federal standard opposed to state by state. I think the bigger concern that I'm hearing from some clients are, okay, what if New York has a standard, California has a standard, Texas has a standard, how are we going to comply with potentially 50 standards? And again, time will tell as to how this shakes out. From an e-discovery standpoint, what are the advantages to an organization that proactively focuses on its portfolio of data? So the advantage really is knowing your data. And we find that when we work with entities that know all their data sources, they're very responsible on how they're architecting their environment, how they're keeping data. I'm always surprised when I talk to some clients and they're so proud that they've kept every piece of electronically stored information they've come in contact with for 10, 20, 30 years. Uh, There's these institutions that actually maintain bunkers where they keep decades of information because they don't want to dispose of anything. And as you know, and anyone listening to this, that's very dangerous. You're exposing yourself to a number of potential liabilities. So getting your information governance house in order and coupling it with e-discovery really does help. We find that not only just on a privacy side, but even litigation. When we're dealing with clients that are very organized, they know where the sources are located, they're applying appropriate deletion and disposition schedules, that they're able to respond to regulators and litigation requests and even DSAR requests and any type of act where you have to proactively respond to a request, they're doing it. 
and they're doing it very well. You look at GDPR where some instances you have 72 hours to respond to a request. You could imagine it would be nearly impossible if your data isn't stored properly, you haven't done some level of e-discovery where you're organizing it and you have the ability to do early case assessment, early data assessment. It's really knowing your data. That's kind of the method and theme you're going to see where if they're going to put methodologies in place to organize internally and understand where their data is, and they're just not collecting data all day, every day, but they're organizing it and they're using it how they say they need to use it, they're really reducing risk and potential exposure. What are some best practices for getting started? I would say we see a lot of clients that try and do it internally. And obviously, I'm biased as a consultant, but I would say leveraging external privacy counsel, reaching out to consulting firms like CRA that are focused on privacy and e-discovery and information governance and cybersecurity. There's a lot of things at play here. I think just taking it with the view of, okay, I just have to make sure the data is secure and we're taking care of our consumer's data. There's so much more involved and really it's going that next step and understanding that you have to be proactive. Get the right people in place. I would say work on documentation, training, doing tabletops where you're getting the proper stakeholders in a room together, hashing out issues and seeing what else can be done. As we talked about earlier, compliance is very difficult when it's not a clear standard. We have clients that come to us and say, just give me a checklist. We can't give a checklist. It's evolving. It depends where you are in the EU. Depends whether you're in New York versus California. And there's all these little nuanced things, but making an effort before you get the request, again, acting proactively, I think is just the best first step. Start thinking about it now and start thinking about who has to get involved, get a budget in place, and start stepping through your own procedures to identify areas for enhancement, and just in general, how you can move forward better, just in case you do receive a request. We've seen now a year into GDPR, there haven't been as many fines as expected. I think at this point, we're somewhere in the range of a little north of 100. And I'm sure as time goes on and the grace period has now expired, we're going to see that number exponentially grow. So if you asked me six months ago, all our clients were taking a wait and see approach. And now I think whether it's the fear of getting anywhere from a six to eight figure fine or the public embarrassment of, say, what uh, happened with Facebook in France, where it's become a major legal issue for them to contend with. We're going to see that trend now. And I think it just being proactive and thoughtful is the best first step. Where do you see the intersection of e-discovery and data privacy headed? E-discovery is going to find a way to get involved with a lot of these workflows. I see even now in my day-to-day, e-discovery has become the backbone of cybersecurity. And I'm seeing a trend now where e-discovery is bleeding into information governance which is hand-in-hand with privacy. In particular, clients are leveraging e-discovery workflows to ingest their data, to 
run searches and reporting and to build out data maps. Again, a lot of this is these corporations need to know their data. And e-discovery is a great way to understand what data you have, to identify sources that are responsive, data sources that have to be maintained, but also data sources that can be deleted. And we're seeing a lot of clients now taking that proactive step to use e-discovery workflows to get their house in order, to do more than just a basic data map, but to actually collect, process, review, and either dispose of or flag and categorize properly. And I definitely see that trend continuing. CRA's e-discovery group does that work now on a daily basis with our corporate clients. To be honest, it's become a whole service line on its own. This is Ari Kaplan speaking with Josh Haas, the e-discovery and structured data solution leader at Charles River Associates. Josh, thanks so very much. Thank you, I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the Reinventing Professionals podcast. Visit ReinventingProfessionals.com or AriKaplanAdvisors.com to learn more.